0: Welcome to the Mixed Era Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B-Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip-hop from boom-bap to trap. We're a group of hip-hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip-hop. My co-hosts are Kev and DJ Reaper. All right, people. For tonight's episode, we're getting into it with Pusha T's new project, It's Almost Dry, Pharrell versus Kanye. All right. So we're going to jump into it with some of the songs that we think are notable after we get into our social media plugs. You can follow us on uh, Instagram at Mix Era Rap Pod. Again, that's Mix Era Rap P.O.D. And you can follow us on Twitter at Mix Era Rap. All right. Send us any questions, comments on the on the show. And believe it or not, we are going to have a live show very soon. And we got some interviews coming up as well. All right. Reaper, tell them where they can find you on social media.
1: You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Mixcloud, if DJ mixes. And uh, WeChat, if you're on that Asia thing, at the 313kid, T-H-E, 313kid. All right, that's what's up. So we're going to jump straight
0: into it, and we're going with uh, Put Your T's uh, song that we thought was very notable, notable, and that was Neck and Wrist, featuring Jay-Z and Pharrell.
2: In the beach with a million so dollar auto. Bring the camera man funny. and we can shoot our own knuckles. A oh, 12 man oh. black looking like chocolate can- I promise you the floor plan's nothing like the model. Mm-hmm. Black and rest gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Black and rest gonna the money counter thing, it's so exciting. Summertime, winter fell. I'm the night king, the Colgate Kilo. The hood whitening. We fish scale like we all Pisces. Gym, gym, my bubble. Like I'm still typing. She hoping that you let her go. Like a kite string, your eco friendly jewelers.
0: Yeah, man. And that was neck and wrist featuring Jay Z. Let's jump straight into it, man. I'm gonna tell you something. I thought that. It let me tell this story. My boy O, my brother O, hit me and uh, I had listened to this project a couple times this week. And my brother O had hit me and he said, "Man, you got to give it one more shot." Because I I called him, I said, "Bro, I don't think I can really give an honest opinion on this joint. I'm just not feeling it." And he said, "Bro, you got to listen to it one more time." So a shout out to brother O for making me listen to this one more time. I actually listened to it twice, so I've heard it four times now and. It took me that many times to really get where he was coming from on this. And I'm going to give Pusha T some credit. I've talked a lot of shit about him and just want to say that I find growth in this project after four times listening to the entire project. So I'm going to pose this question to the fellas and say, do you find growth in this project, either through production or through his rap skills? Reaper, what are your,
1: what are your thoughts? No. <laughs>
0: uh.
1: Pass to you, Kev.
3: I don't want to say yes. I I don't want to say yes, and I and I'll tell you why. It's
1: because the answer is no.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll say this though. It didn't feel like this drug or dope boy talk album to me, and I know that's hard. And I I know that's hard to explain, but it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a normal Pusha T album, but it wasn't. A good Pusha T album. And I think that the, the problem is that whenever this album was whenever he started recording this album, it took away from its actual release date because I think he, I think the hype, I think they started talking about this album like a year and a half ago. Like somewhere around the time he got married, and they said, Oh, Pusha T's in the studio, and it's gonna be another classic, and this, that, and another, and I'm like. If it doesn't come out within six months, it's gonna be garbage. And it's been about a good two years. He got married, had a baby, and and changed the things in his life. And yeah, I I don't see, yeah, no growth.
0: All right. I'm not I'm not saying (laughs) I am not saying that it is a good album. What I'm saying is, is he doing something out of the out of his norm? Can I get that? No. All right. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay so Moving on to the second question Production on this project Pharrell, Kanye What are your thoughts? Kev?
3: I, they've done a lot better With him It wouldn't surprise me if it was Like other producers that Made songs and they just Took credit for them because it's just You know Pharrell normally Would push the envelope With the clips or Pusha T and then kind of like Kanye would kind of I don't know Kanye just set this he, he kind of set a good like vibe with him and Pusha T. It wasn't it wasn't nothing that was like just spectacular but he he gave he gave Pusha T beats that kind of like fit him. You know, even if the rhyme even if the raps was either good or bad it wasn't like a like a terrible song. It might not have been like a classic but it would have been like decent So. Yeah, it was just like everything was just like, eh, yeah, you could have left this at home.
0: Wow, man. And I thought I was the hard one on budget T. So let's keep it moving to Reaper. Reaper, your thoughts on production from Pharrell and Kanye?
1: Um, I think the production is, I won't say top notch. It is maybe not above average, but it's better than good. Maybe because I don't know if very good is the right word, but. The production is good let's just say that and um i do agree that uh pharrell pushes it more with the clips than he did on this record for whatever reason but that could have been Pusha t's asking more than pharrell's doing and uh kanye went back to soul samples which was cool but i don't know it sounds like in some of the situations he didn't you could tell he hasn't soul sampled in a while. Cause it's not like the chops and stuff aren't super complex. It's kind of like just the sample sped up plus drums, you know, and, uh, not to say that that's very easy, but it's certainly not that hard to do, uh, coming from someone that has soul sampled before I'll just add that in there. But, um, I think the production is what makes the project listenable even though listenable, I don't. I'm not sure if that's a word, but uh, is the production the the raps get really tired if you ask me after a couple of songs like fish scale moving weight, you know, it's just kind of and he does say it in a more complex way than you know. I know we always trash gunna on this on this podcast, but you know, than gunna or some of like the young Atlanta trap dudes, he does say it in a more complex way than that. But like I said, I and it does, you know, I'll say this later, but uh, it's not that long of an album. So it's easy to just like listen to it and then listen to it again, listen to it again. But each time after about maybe halfway through, I'm just kind of like, OK, I'm tired of these rhymes. These beats are
0: cool. though, And uh, I just wanted to say I'm with you on that Reaper. It's just oh, man. And, and that's why I didn't want to come off mute because. I, I hate beating this dude up so much. Cause again, I think he's a talented artist. <laughs> yeah. It's just that, uh, I don't know, man, he could do so much more and he could be so much better than he is. Uh, I really appreciate what, uh, Kanye and Pharrell did for him. And, uh, it was enjoyable. Again, it took me four times to really to grasp the enjoyable uh, in part of this, uh, project the issue for me like everyone else has been saying is that his rap style is just so repetitive that it, it just it gets a little boring after so many years of hearing him do the same thing i did find some growth in uh, uh diet coke as well as uh, open air i thought there was a little bit of a growth in that and that he did do some different things it's just not consistent enough on a 12 track album now i will say this and i and i will ask reaper to chime back in on this the length of the project do you think that's reasonable
1: yeah absolutely i think it clocks in at, at almost 35 minutes flat which is the first time i listened to it uh because it didn't it wasn't on like uh you know autoplay to go back to the beginning of the album at the end it just stopped and i remember i looked down at uh my device and was like why isn't the song playing i was like "Oh, that's the end of the record oh okay Like, then that never happens. I'm usually looking down, like, man, when will this record end? But, uh, so yeah, 35 minutes, 12 tracks is very reasonable. Um, A friend of mine that used to write for Pitchfork uh, did a column about that some years ago about how people remember, you know, the era of skits and all of that stuff fondly because it helped give the album cohesion. But if you actually go back and look into that era, there was a lot of bloated records that were just way too many tracks because skits. Like how many actual good songs were on there? And he was making an argument for, you know, the Illmatic's and the because I want to say Jesus was like that. It only had nine songs or something like that. But he was
3: Oh, what? Which album? You said
1: Jesus. Jesus.
3: Okay. Oh.
1: Yeah. And I, and I believe, uh, I believe Yeezus only had nine songs or something like that. Illmatic has 10 and, you know, Thriller and, you know, he was making an argument like, you don't need to just make all of these songs skits or not just nine to 12 songs. Say what you got to say and let's keep it moving. Yeah, that's
0: what's up. I appreciate both of y'all on that one. We're going to move on to a song that we thought was notable from the track. And that is Rock and Roll featuring Kanye West and Kid Cudi. Here we go.
2: Back to the basics, hop back in the matrix Gator Maybach, back, back, back. now it's off to the races Had him tapping my phones, so I blurred out the faces The new David Ruffin, I just follow temptation When you follow the rager, the money is outrageous Look at me, legally selling dope on all of these stages Van Cleef and our repels. V got all of the bracelets The keys and the codes, and know where all of the safes is We don't make mistakes here, we don't take no breaks here My son is like a worker
0: all right, again that was rock and roll featuring Kanye West and Kid Cudi. Let me just say I, I like to thank Reaper for uh, picking this one. Uh, we 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 go through the uh, track list and uh, come together as a coalition and pick these songs. And uh, Reaper brought this one to the table just to say again I, I I've gone through this album so many times, and again it's just such a blur because again I'm I'm looking at it as such an objective situation, and now that I reheard it. Listening to it now as we're on the air live, I'm saying that's an enjoyable song. It took me a minute because I, I was really, really examining it way too hard the first two or three times I heard it. And I just didn't think that he was following the flow well. I thought he was a bit offbeat. But again, he, that's neither here nor there. It was an enjoyable song. So let's jump into it with the fellas. I'm going to give I'm gonna pose this first question and just say, where do you think? Pusher goes from this album if you're not saying that this album is hot, then where does he go from here kev I don't
3: know it's hard to say because if he if he doesn't want to change the content of his music it's not a lot further he can go this this album didn't like help his you know cause or ranking in any way I think to me personally I think it's Whatever number you had him at, I think you have to knock him down a couple pegs with this album here. I really, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just like, you know, at some point you have to move on to something else. You can't have, you know, certain things going on in your life and you still talk about something that you, you know, something that supposedly happened 30 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, you your husband now, you're a father now. And... And you still rapping about this crazy ass life that you don't live no more? Like, what's the purpose? Like, it's time to move on. You know? Like you said, you asked us about growth. Where is the growth? There is none. So if if he can't do it now, then why why would he do it his next album if there is one?
1: Definitely could be better than that. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go as hard as we're kind of going or sounding. We're certainly in the minority. I've I've read uh, multiple publications that has given it four out of five, five out of five. I pulled it up just right now. Uh, Rolling Stone is four out of five. Pitchfork is eight out of ten. Hip Hop DX is four out of five. Uh, N.M.E. I'm not sure what that is. New Musical Express gave it perfect five out of five. So. We're definitely in the minority, and again, we've trashed. uh... I mean,
3: we're publicly in the minority. It's, I'm, I'm, I, I, it's hard for me to believe that a lot of people are, you know, really giving these high rankings to these bad albums because they really feel like these bad albums that good. A lot of times, people don't want to ruin relationships with certain artists, and you know, they'll just.
1: I don't know if it's that. I think sometimes, I mean, it's just a difference of a, an opinion because I I feel like some albums don't get enough credits. Like, man, this album is decent and, and then it get trashed. But then stuff that I don't really care for gets higher marks than I think it deserves. So, uh, and again, we've trashed the Grammys on here a bunch of times, but the last record, they, Daytona got nominated for a Grammy for what that's worth, you know. So I read a review earlier that said Pusha T is great at what he does and mm, i think it's a a bit of a backhanded compliment but it's just like if you compare it to other i guess mafioso rap albums because he doesn't really have a persona so you know so much it's like the mafioso stuff but if you put it in that sort of box or category and just compare it to that stuff because again some of like uh, Rayquans or Ghostface stuff has soul samples with RZA, so it is sort of similar, I guess. But if you just classify it up against that stuff, like don't maybe we're like classifying it wrong as like trying to put it as like a a mainstream rap project compared to you know I don't know like a like a Two Chains or like a Drake or or something like that. Like maybe that's not what this is. And I'd certainly listen to an argument about that. I'm not going to necessarily make it myself, but.
3: I mean, it it is an interesting argument, you know, if you place.
1: Because I'm not going to sit up here. I'm not going to sit up here and say this album is terrible. It's not great. And there's not a lot of growth. There's a lot of coke raps again after Daytona, again after King Push, again after My Name Is My Name, again after All The Clips Rekers. So it's like, okay, dude, we get it. But I'm not gonna sit up here and say it's terrible. Like he can't rap. It's just it's the same.
3: Right, right. I mean, I, you know, I'm just kind of over it. I'm just I kind of over the content. I mean, I did, um, I think it was a very good um idea for him and his brother to finally do something together. And that, and that's like my favorite song actually off the album. But it's just like, where do you go from here? Like, do you have to give us another album where it's it's it like like you know you kind of you're not staring away from what you've been going through? It's like it's like you just you just stayed in this one lane and that's it. You know, it's just like you stagnant in this one place. But he could be better than that, though. I mean, even though even though this is considered like a dope boy album, it didn't feel like a dope boy album to me, but. It just, you know, but it didn't feel like it, it was something different that he did, though. I mean, I I know it sounds weird, but it didn't feel like a Dope Boy album, but it just felt like an album he'd have put out already before. Y'all say that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, because I don't know if uh, B has more uh, things he wants to comment on, but I'll go ahead and say, you know, on the stream or no stream, I'm going to say give it a stream because it doesn't sound... <laughs> You jumping the gun on me, Reaper. I mean you know. <laughs> well, go ahead. Do your segment, man.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. We like to set it up a little bit. Then let's set it up a little bit. And uh, you know, I, I get it, man. I I you know, I want to finish this one off as far as where does he go from here and just say that I'm agreeing with both of my brothers on this, uh, as far as uh I don't see it. I don't see where he goes. It's just time, you know, to lead, let it go or either do something different. And I want to say that I, I, I appreciate Reaper looking up uh, the the the, uh, the other comments or, or reports on this particular project. But I've looked at where it most it counts most, and Apple's nor Billboard has it in its top ten. So as much as the critics may like it, no one else is feeling it. And with that, that should at least give us some support in our our, what our opinions are on this, that if it really was banging, if it was a real banger, then it would show up on the billboards. It would show up in Apple's top 10 and it's not showing up there in their top in the the top 10 albums, rap albums. So, you know, it is what it is. You got to look at this now, uh, Pusha, and say, hey, man, you know, I I get I got a, a good fan base. And they'll buy it. You know, I got a lot of dope boys who buy my stuff. But is that really your legacy? Your, so your legacy is dope boys buy your buy your stuff. Then you don't want to be in the conversation as best rappers of all time. And we'll get to that at some point. So we're going to move on to our final part of this segment. And we're going to go stream or no stream. And as we've already seen, we're going to jump straight to Reaper because we already know what he wants. Reaper, stream or no stream on Pusha T's project. It's almost dry.
1: Um, yeah, like I said, stream, I'll say stream, uh, the production, the short runtime, it doesn't overstay as welcome. And again, like if you're, cause I've heard some Pusha T, I I won't even call them Pusha T stands, but some people that really like Pusha T that back in 2013 was like, oh, my name is, my name is the hardest record out. Oh, King Push is, oh, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. But same with Daytona. So there's some people that don't mind the Coke raps. Or there's some people like, you know, this is gonna be a random uh comparison, but there's some people that stopped rocking with 50 Cent after he came out the gate, was, you know, back down, tearing up Ja Rule. You know, he did have, you know, in the club and stuff, but he had some real hard, you know, gunshot raps. But then when he came like the
3: GD unit mixtapes compared to mainstream fifty.
1: Right, exactly. But then well no no no, not even that. I'm saying like when he moved on to like Massacre and he did like just a little bit and like candy shop and stuff, they was like, This stuff cool, but it's like it's not hard, like get Richard Die trying is. So and and he lost some fans off that. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe Pusha T could do mainstream stuff, but he just doesn't want to. Maybe he wants to, you know, and there's a lot of people that I've said over the years, they don't know where their lane is. They're going left, they're going right, they're going up, down, but they need to just find the lane and just walk it dry. And somebody like Rick Ross, who was, you know, trying to find a lane for years, finally found it. And he knows exactly where that boy is. And he's on cruise control. It's like, do this. And just keep doing it to a high enough degree as possible. So maybe that's what he's doing, you know. And if you look at it from that perspective, I mean, like I said, I'm going to say stream because it might, what's repetitive to us might not be repetitive to others or the 50 cent uh, comparison. I'm listening to 50 cent for this kind of rap. I'm listening to Pusha T for this kind of rap. If Pusha T start making songs with, you know, with I don't know featuring Rihanna or something dance hall songs people might be like what what is this if you know and I mean he got beef with Drake so that's not a good but I'm trying to think of somebody like if he did a song with we gonna or with you know Migos or something like that people might be like what <laughs> all right I
0: feel you on that And for me, I'm going to go with the stream as well for the same reasons that uh, Reaper just told us about. Just again, man, you know, if you like good production, I thought that Pharrell and Kanye did the best that they can with such a limited rapper. Give it a spin. Check it out. I thought there was some level of growth, even though it wasn't enough. So give it a stream. I think it's worth at least one full spin. 35 minutes of your time is, you know, I think you'll end it off okay. You know, so uh, we're going to let Kev anchor this one. Kev, stream or no stream on Pusha T's project, It's Almost Dry.
3: I'm going to say stream. And the length of the album helps it. He has a Clips reunion song, a Jay-Z feature, and probably the last collaboration between Kid Cudi and Kanye West. So those help elevate the album, I think. So I'm going to stream it. it, You know, it wasn't my favorite Pusha T album. And I think I just expected a little bit of difference in it, but it wasn't that bad.
0: (laughs) So uh, we hope you all enjoy the endorsement. As lackluster as it was,
1: we tried our... To- oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. For the record, uh, I'm looking at UK charts. It's hit number seven on UK albums, period. And uh, UK R&B albums, for some reason. Oh it's, <laughs> oh, it's called... Oh, it's just shortened to R&B with the full titles. UK hip-hop and R&B singles and album charts. It's number 10. So... It's also number 11 on Australia albums. It's also number 10 on Norwegian. <laughs> it's number 11 in Ireland. So it's getting space. <laughs> so <laughs> again, like we said, as lackluster of a,
0: of a review as we could give on this. It's still worth listening to an old school artist and his attempt at trying to be more modern. And with
1: that, no, oh, wait, 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 here, here. One, one final thing, because this sentence is actually pretty good. <laughs> I think this sums it up. It says, "Pusha T's latest project, it's almost dry, delivers Coke Rap supremacy. However, it doesn't elevate much past that." So,
3: perfect quote.
1: Yeah, perfect. Perfect quote, my
0: man. And with that, <laughs> we're gonna pull the applause in and move on to the next segment. All right. So now we're moving on to our next segment and that is our old school artist spotlight. And the artist for this week is our man Saigon. We're going to let our man Kev give a little bit of synopsis on our man Saigon and his career. Kev, take it away.
3: For those, those of you all who don't know, Saigon is he's a, uh, he's an underground rapper from the early two thousands who, who hooked up with just blaze. And that's, that was kind of like his co-signing into getting into the game. But with label politics, it, it took a long time for him to really to release an album, but he had a um uh, he had a couple of uh mixtapes that you know garnered a lot of attention. Um Warning Shots, that was a good one. The Yard Father and uh what was the uh, oh Warning Shots 2 was okay but then you know his when his album finally dropped the greatest story ever told it was it was more of like a too little too late type of thing because it was it was like a 9 year span between like his first mixtape and then his album and you know he had some legal troubles and it was just kind of unfortunate you know how his career went because he wasn't just he wasn't like this you know this Street rapper per se, but he was that's how he was categorized. Uh a lot of people, you know, like a lot of underground fans compared him to um Freddie Fox, who was kind of like this the, you know, rap's first bully. (laughs) And Sagon kind of, you know, a lot of people gave Sagon that 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 title, even though he really wasn't a bully. You know, he just, you know. He was just a guy who didn't take no stuff off of no nobody but he he was still I guess he was trying to fit in that lane that Tupac had kind of left but Tupac's aura was so big that I don't think no one really no one really wanted a Tupac replacement which it kind of sucks because it it actually took away from um it took, it, t- it took away from Saigon, per se, but at the same time, it takes away from the game because we needed someone to kind of pick up the Tupac torch and carry it. But, you know, th- I mean, you know, Saigon's, a, you know, it's, he's still a good rapper. Um, he's still putting on songs a day. He doesn't get a lot of attention in different places, but, you know, New York still loves him. New Jersey, like, loves him. And, and like, Massachusetts and Rhode Island up up you know, the upper, like the northern part of the country, they still love them, but, you know, it's just, its I don't know. It's just kind of, it, it just hurts. You know, it's one of these guys that, you know, they they have good material, uh, you get a co-sign by like a major artist or major producer, and then you just slip through the cracks, and it's kind of like, you know, it's just it's just bad about the record business, but that's how it was then. I mean, compared to now where... You have so many streaming platforms where you can you can go to SoundCloud and you can put your own stuff on uh, uh, Apple Music. What's the other one? Um, it's another one. It's, it's, it's so many streaming platforms where now you know artists don't need major labels. They can they can make their own money and and I think that if Saigon had the opportunity where he could he could have went the independent route and had so many different outlets. I think he would have been a bigger bigger star than. What turned out for him?
0: All right, man. Man, we really appreciate that in depth conversation as far as uh, the, the basis of where Saigon is. And we're going to jump into one of the songs that we thought was notable from his career. And this was from one of his early projects. And it's Come On, Baby.
2: One, two, three, three. Ten, two. check. One, 2 this, this. y'all father coming to like niggas don't the don't business. It's all so beyond rap. Come on come on, and witness. The next 10 years of this shit. The slickness is the millimeter. Lyrically it's a sickness to get. I've been in the pen, been in the jet, been in the end the trap. I've been in the biz, been in the lab, been in the NXX. Yes. I brought rings around the portal in tight. Come in, I'll show you that I spit on sport in the mic. I make it hard for
0: you to breathe, please. He's wicked like the Oh man. That was come on baby by our Boy Saigon, and I'm gonna jump in and just say that Uh, you know, Saigon was, uh, embraced by just blaze, my man, just blaze. And he gave him a lot of fire to spit on early in his career. Uh, he was also a part of another click. Uh, Kev might help me with this one. Um, uh, he's out of New York. I'm trying to remember who, what click he was a part of, but he came in the game with, uh, I just can't think, you know, my old brain doesn't think well, but, uh, uh, somebody co-signed for him that was very significant. It wasn't Diddy. It was somebody else in the game. And I just can't think off the top of my head who it was. But uh, Saigon. definitely was K Slay or somebody else. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. DJ K Slay co-signed Saigon. Thank you. Oh, man. God rest his day.
1: Yeah, we talked, we talked about it last week. That's why we segued into this. Or not.
0: <laughs> Thank you, young minds, for not reminding <laughs> this old mind about it. Yes, DJ K. Slay uh, co-signed Saigon, and he did him well, and he passed him over to uh, Just Blaze, and uh, Just Blaze just gave him straight fire to spit on, and this is one of those tracks. And uh, again, he had a run.
3: I mean, but that's uh, but th- that's that's the that's the sucky part of the game because you know. You know, rest in peace to K Slade, but K Slade was one of those guys that really, he he didn't, he loved, he loved the game, but it was beyond. It felt like it was beyond because he always put, you know, it was nothing for him to put people on. I mean, you know, that 50 MCs song he did, I mean, it was ridiculously long, but at the same time, he put new artists, underground artists, and old school artists. He gave them shine and... You know, we need more of that because, like, Saigon is a good, good rapper. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's it's like no one really is out here kind of giving the shine to, you know, a couple of those cats that's, like, really good that can't, you know, get no attention anywhere else.
0: Yeah, you're definitely right on that. Uh, let's jump in with Reaper. Reaper, your thoughts on Saigon and his career and uh, DJ K-Slay.
1: Uh, R.I.P. DJ K. Slay once again, but yeah, like Kev said, in one sentence, he got signed by the major early 2000s, but by the time his project came out, it was a little bit too, a little too late. You know, too little, too late is what Kev said. And I agree, man. Back at, at that time, college, you know, I'm on the Hip hop blogs and hip hop, you know, websites just digging for singles. And I was working in radio at the time, just digging for singles, like new artists to break and like, you know, next up. So I used to listen to a ton of Saigon stuff. He was like, hottest in the streets for a a little while. But then it was just like, oh, the album is coming. Oh, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Even like when, you know, because after he got signed, it took a little while. But you're, you're talking maybe 2000. I don't know, the year off the top of my head of Warning Shots, maybe... oh three oh four. Oh, I thought it was a little later than that, but when, when was Warning Shots 2 then?
3: Uh, 09.
1: Okay, that's what I'm thinking. I was thinking oh seven oh nine.
3: Yeah, the first one was 04.
1: Just by the time you, you know, listen to this stuff, and then I believe the first album came out in 2011, I think, is when... The, yeah. You no, know, it's just like, You're listening to this dude from like 07, 08, 09, 10, 11. And it finally comes out and you're just like, oh, okay. And it's not like it came out and it was just like, finally, this is the greatest rap record of all time. This is what we needed. It was just kind of like, it came out almost to like a whimper. And the crowd goes mild. It was like, it was like that. It was like, (laughs) oh, oh, that Saigon project that they've been talking about for 10 years. (laughs) Oh, oh, it came out last week. And again, maybe it came out, you know, like it leaked, and that might have affected how it actually came out proper. But I feel like it was, I was just on one of the blogs one day, and I was just like, oh, read the review for Saigon's, you know, debut. And I'm just like, wait a minute. It came out? Oh.
3: Yeah, and that, but that was another thing that was the problem then, because albums did leak
1: so, so much. Well, this has been happening since the 90s, man.
3: Yeah. I mean it did leak early, but it was still too late though. Yeah. It it was still too late. I think I think this album leaked in like oh eight, oh nine, but he still already had what five, six years under his belt by then though.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, he got shelled by multiple uh so you know he had been signed to a couple of uh uh record labels before Tech Nine took him on and and put out the uh greatest story never told. So that was when he was put uh, when he was on Tech Nines, um, Tech Nine's record label. But, yeah, he got shelved a couple times and uh, DJ K Slate just didn't have the juice to get his projects put out. So I think that might have been a little bit of his demise with just that uh, other other like uh, like you were saying, Kev, that a lot of other record labels just didn't they didn't want a replacement for Tupac. So they shelved him. And uh, that was his detriment because the young man is very talented. So that's what I would say. He's very talented, but just got shelled. And then uh, Just Blaze had moved on. So by the time his second album came out, he, he didn't have no Just Blaze behind him. So it was like, ah, whatever. And like Reaper said, it was like, ah, the first album took so long to come out. And we had already heard so many tracks from it. It's
1: like, yeah, we don't need to buy it. I mean, and that's unfortunate, too, because the first record is decent. It's got some good stuff on there and he can rap. But my argument, too, because, again, he ended up doing uh, Greatest Story Part 2 and then Part 3. And my issue with it was um, some of the because, again, if you if, if if you're especially if you're calling it the greatest story never told, it came out 10 years and you just got to hit an array of topics. That's cool. But like by the second one of this stuff, some of the stuff is really preachy. Really and that's my issue with J. Cole sometimes. That's my issue with uh the latter stages of Lupe Fiasco. It just it got really preachy. And it's just like there's nothing wrong with conscious rap. But like, you know, I looked up a uh a, a review from at the time, uh the second it was the first or the second, uh saigon record and it said something to the effect of great lyricism throughout but at the at the same time it sort of feels like saigon is our parent telling us make sure you eat your vegetables you know with all of the like all of the conscious lines and stuff and it's just like <laughs> come on man like, i don't because because again like there's different music for different purposes you know there's like party stuff you know there's like edm you want to you know Go to the club and just like lose your mind and stuff there's like even within house i don't know if y'all listen to house music but there's like you know chill house and vocal house and like acid house and like you know even like drum and bass you know there's different stuff for different moods and if i'm not at a party if i'm just listening to rap in my or not even just rap but just music period in my free time I'm just chilling. You know, I'm I'm maybe doing some work around the house, maybe I'm browsing the internet or whatever. I don't wanna be preached at. I don't wanna you know I just wanna listen to some music, man. Like I don't you know. And when you get stuff like that, it's not for a party and by twenty eleven we're sort of getting out of the era of you gotta have one club song, one radio song, one song for the ladies. So it's like it doesn't really fit into that. And it's not a party record and it's sometimes overly conscious like where does this fit like where when am i supposed to listen to this you know yeah yep i feel
0: you on that so we're gonna move on to another song we thought was notable from saigon's career and that was painting my life featuring trace songs and let's get it, it
2: she 14, riding every time, dick and might. I tell her, that ain't nice Why you living so trite? She said, please, OB, homie You don't know me, it's so much pain in my life Her sister the same, Felicia claims She the one that hit her to the game She fucked Jermaine, cause Jermaine had a shiny chain Now when she you on a potty, she feeling of pain Then she noticing her vagina change and not for the better She see pumps and all kinds of things The doctor suggested for her to take a HIV test She said, yeah, now it's peace and when she waiting in the rest She's so stressed, So much pain in my life. I uh, so say the bum on the corner. When I asked him why he bumming for quarter, was it him or what the government order. Said he thirsty, I offered him water. But he said he wants something stronger. He said it's pain in my life. That he need a little shot in the numbing. Son, is gone, burn a hole in the stomach. First I said nah, but then after talking to him, it was clear that his wife was his life.
0: And don't ever heard it was- yeah, that was Painting My Life featuring Trey Song by our man Saigon. And let's finish this off with giving this man some roses uh, and, you know, and just say that, you know, he, he he's put in work. He's a very talented artist. I think that if he would have been in a optimal position as far as uh, if DJ K Slay had enough juice to push him the way that some of the artists that came out around the time he came out were, he wouldn't have got shelved, And that we might have more love for him. But those heads out there who have heard his stuff, know that the young man is extremely talented and uh, has put in some work. Let's check in with Reaper and see what his final thoughts on our man, Saigon.
1: You know, it's interesting, man. Uh, People haven't really made uh, raps like that, you know, based around the sample. Got so much pain in my life. I was like, alone. <laughs> people don't really make records like that <laughs> anymore. So that's a cool little throwback. Uh, you know what, man? I'd say if you're listening to, particularly if you like lyricism, if you like soul samples and don't mind getting preached at just a little bit, throw on the first record because it's not a bad listen, man. It, it's it's solid. But, oh, you know, I was going to say this from the, the Pusha T thing even. I think, uh, and it's it's, it's interesting because I saw a Paul Wall interview, shout out to Paul Wall, and he was saying that uh, during the Soul Sample era, he wasn't putting out a lot of stuff because he didn't really like beats like that. And he was just like, you know, a lot of people jumped down my throat for saying that. But you think about some Soul Samples, like, might not even have drums. They might just be the sample, just looped or they just have snares. They don't have a ton of bass. And he was like, you know, being from Houston and stuff, we all about the bass. And I just, it was cool, but it just wasn't for me. And I think, you know, as much as some, you know, heads like us might say, oh, bring back Soul Sample era. Maybe that is why it fell out of fashion because it wasn't, it's not hard all the time. And like where we are now with hip hop, it's never been harder. You might not like the trap stuff, but it's never been harder than than what's going on right now. And um, that does make some of the soul stuff sound dated. If you don't like that, you know, the drums falling out for an extended period or or uh, letting the the sample shine or or whatever. But like I said, I'm rambling a little bit. If you like that kind of stuff, um, semi-conscious, semi-preachy soul samples, lyricism. Yeah. Give the first record greatest story never told from 2011 a listen.
0: Yep, that's what's up. We're gonna let Kev anchor this one and get us up out of here. Uh Kev, your last thoughts and roses for our man Saigon.
3: Yeah, everybody, you know, everybody had good words to say and I agree with everybody. Um, you know, he's he's Saigon is just one of those artists that, you know, could have been bigger than what he has ended up becoming. If I did have a recommend recommend, I would yeah, the greatest story never told his first album. Um his first three mixtapes uh, Yardfather 1, 2 and Warner Shots those are like the four projects I would recommend uh, he has a lot of features on other people's stuff in like the 20 you know, 08 up until 2012 that really showcased his talent but, but just him, yeah those four projects for him was really what he was about and I'm I i, I going to give B-Wise this credit here. I, I think the major labels kind of held him back some because his mixtapes were a lot better than his album. So I would probably, you know, emphasize the mixtapes more than his album. But yeah, those first four was where I put it at. So yeah, but he, you know, he's worth a listen.
0: My man, I appreciate that, fellas, man. You guys have just uh, done your best this evening to uh, give flowers to the people who deserved it and be objective as much as possible for an artist that we want to do better and be better. And that was our old school artist review of our man, Saigon. Yeah, man. So let's jump into it with our closing uh, statements and just say that you can follow us on uh, Instagram at Mix Era Rap Pod. Again, that's Mix Error Rap P.O.D. And you can follow us on Twitter at Mix Era Rap. Man, please check us out. Hit us. Follow us. Like us. Like uh, if you're follow- if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, especially Spotify, please smash that uh, follow button. Hit like for each one of our uh, episodes. That really helps us out. iTunes, man, show us some love. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, Reaper, tell them where they can follow you on social media.
1: As always, at the 313kid, T-H-E, 313kid, Instagram, Twitter, Mixcloud. If you like DJ mixes, WeChat, hit me up, send me a message.
0: Yo, that's what's up, man. We really appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for listening. We out of here. Peace.